Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's go. Uh, let's go to our guy Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. Excuse me for uh, kind of losing my breath here in the middle of that. Sam, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. How about you? I am doing well. I, I guess through all of this as to what's going on, and you've got practices being shut down. The Packers are one of the teams that are uh, not going to be holding practice and such. And um, I guess at this point, you know, we talk about so much in in life and trying to. How do I put this? Uh, trying to put the sports spin on things, we still do have an NFL season that is fast approaching. Let me ask you this. What is your level of confidence the NFL is going to get this season in? I think it's pretty high. Um, I, I think overall the NFL has done a pretty good job since they since they came together with the NFLPA and they hammered out an agreement on, on what things would look like in terms of protocols, in terms of you know, no preseason, uh, delayed training camp, all these kinds of things. Once they actually started rolling, things have been going pretty smoothly. The, the test rate was pretty low, even in terms of um, the opening, the, the induction test rate, the, the first wave of guys once they got back in facilities. And since then, there's been a very low rate of, of positive tests across the board. So, I mean, they're definitely going to get their start. They're going to give it a go. I think at some point it's it's almost inevitable that there will be some some kind of COVID outbreaks, and we'll have to see how they deal with it when those those get thrown up along the way. But I, they'll definitely give the season a shot, and I think they've got a pretty good chance of getting all the way through and getting it completed to a pretty decent standard. Um, I was reading, and I was mentioning this in the first hour of the show. I, th- I think I, I could be wrong. I was reading a Bleacher Report article, but. Uh, they were talking about uh, Jordan Love and some of the reports that he uh, he's kind of swimming. He is maybe one of the words that was used and that he doesn't look sharp and this and that. But you tell me analytically, at what point do you look at a guy who's considered a backup? He's a rookie. He's a he's a quarterback. How do you determine whether or not a quarterback is a quote uh, bust, a success uh, at what point, if statistically, can you even show years with a guy that's going to be a backup for the next three years? Is there a way to even tell if a guy has it or doesn't have it? Not really. I mean, you need to see the guy on the field in real NFL action um, to have any kind of idea. Other than that, you're relying on what the coaches see, uh, you know, with the stuff that isn't public necessarily, not even in practices but in terms of what he's doing in meeting rooms and, and how much he understands what's going on and how much he's he's got a, a sort of overall mental grasp of the offense before you see what he's doing in practice, 
and then ultimately that's what determines whether you're going to give them a shot um, on the field in, in real live action in, in the NFL regular season. And then the other thing that can obviously influence it is what the guy in front of him is doing. You know, a lot of these guys get an opportunity because the starter effectively plays his way to the bench. That's what we saw last season in Tennessee. Marcus Mariota was playing so badly, they basically had to put Ryan Tannehill in the starting lineup. And I don't think the Titans had any idea that Ryan Tannehill was going to produce the way he did. It was just that they, they really didn't have an alternative the way he was that, that Mariota had been playing to start the season, it feels unlikely that we're ever going to be in that situation with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I can't see a scenario whereby he's ever playing badly enough that he effectively dictates the switch at quarterback. Um, So, yeah, you're really just left trying to grasp with how much he improves in practice and in meeting rooms before you have any idea of how he's going to handle the actual game time. Um, we know that over the last few years, last year specifically, Aaron Jones got more opportunities. Aaron Jones, not only opportunities to carry the ball, but you know, passes out of the backfield, became a better receiver, became a better blocker. How much more upside do you think he has? And, and I'll take that a step further. Let's just say he does progress again this season in this offense. they got to make a decision on him as far as his value goes. Where would his value then land if his numbers continue to increase and he stays healthy this season? Yeah, I mean, Jones was one of the best-graded running backs in the NFL last season for us. His his numbers were outstanding. As you say, he took on a bigger role in the passing game as well and was really effective there. Um, so he's he's as good as, as most of the top backs in the NFL. The issue in terms of contracts is always how much do you invest in a running back in a second contract or beyond because that's where the money ticks up into, into serious cash, and, and that's what all the data says you just – don't want to do for a running back is you never want to be in a position where you're committing big time money to those guys. You want to rely on the guys in their first contracts or on uh, undervalued deals as, as second contract guys, the sort of free agents to fly under the radar because maybe they didn't work out with their first team. It's just, it's very rare that you're going to find a running back that's worth investing in, in that second monster contract, the big money deal. I think Jones is, is as, um, valuable as, as pretty much any running back in terms of that. But the data says that you, you're going to be able to get more value out of letting him walk out the door and replacing his production with the next guy in the conveyor belt, whether it's um, Williams, whether it's you know A.J. Dillon, albeit a, a different style running back, or, wh- or whether it's the next guy that you draft along. It, it's a tough spot to be in because you know those guys, it feels like they've earned that contract by their play. Um, and I'm playing one of the most attritional positions in the NFL, but from a sort of team-building um, allocation of resources standpoint, the, the data says that you just shouldn't be giving them those big contracts. I also wanted to ask you about uh, the second wide receiver. We know what Devontae – you tell me, where does Devontae Adams rank, in your opinion, when it comes to – and I'm not talking, you know – total rank i'm just talking about if he's in top five top 10 top 15 when it comes to the ability because you know aaron Rodgers said last year he's one of the top two top three wide receivers in the national football league and i said i don't know i mean is he dynamic speed no is he a a big leaper no he's got a way to get open yes but he demands a double team and his numbers when you look at guys like julio jones and amari cooper and you start to look at some of the guys that have had breakout seasons he's had a good season but he's never had that great season so you tell me where Devontae adams ranks i want to go there first 
I don't think he's in uh, the tier with the very, very best receivers in the NFL, the Julio Jones, the Michael Thomas of the world, but I think he's in the, the next step down. You know, I think he's just one short step away from being uh, the truly elite receivers in the NFL. And I think you're right that the thing that he does, like he doesn't have Julio Jones' size, his speed, his leaping ability, uh, his just sheer physicality. But what he specializes in is route running and separation and releases off the line of scrimmage. And I think that's it's one of the best things to have as a receiver because it paints a great picture for the quarterback. When he looks up, sees a guy in his route, and he's getting the kind of separation that Devontae Adams has, not only is it a great indicator for him to put the ball in the, <clears throat> put the, ball in the air, but it, it maximizes – the chance that he's going to catch it at the other end. It gives you a, a greater margin for error on that throw because you can adjust further without the defensive back getting back in the picture. So I, I think that, that route running ability and the, the, the skills that he has to generate that separation is a hugely important thing. Talking with Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. So numerically, when we get into this, the Packers are looking for a number two. Now, we know Marquez Valdez-Scantling has that speed to get downfield. He's had short arms at times. We know that there is a trust factor with Alan Lazard. We know Equinemia St. Brown is coming back. Um, so what eventually, in your opinion, when you look at all of this, st- statistically, numerically, what determines – who becomes that number two? Is it just strictly the the guy that, that that becomes you know kind of familiar with Aaron Rodgers, that knowledge, or is there some kind of standout that you can say this is the guy that is supposed to be analytically, sabermetrically, whatever you want to call it, the guy that is supposed to be this number two on this team? Yeah, I mean, ultimately the number two the number two receiver, excuse me, is. It's kind of like a, an artificial construct, right? It's, it's basically just the guy that gets the second most looks, the second most targets, the second most production, I guess, behind a guy like Devontae Adams. Um, but there's no real, there's no real key indicator as to what that'll be. It's just going to be where they feel most comfortable going next with the football. So there's a bunch of different ways of looking at it and say, look, a guy like Marvez Valdez-Scantling might have the, the best physical gifts of all of those receivers, and, and logically he should get the second most targets. But I think the guy that's most likely to, to earn them is Alan Lazard. I think he's the guy that Rodgers seems to have the most trust in. And honestly, that might be the single biggest determining factor in who's going to be the number two in this offense. It's just where Rodgers feels comfortable going with the football. Obviously, he and Devontae Adams have built up this incredible rapport over the years and a level of comfort the kind of level that he had with Jordy Nelson before that. But outside of, of Adams, he hasn't had that confidence in anybody else. And I think you can see last year that he was starting to develop that with Alan Lazard. He was putting the ball in the air and giving him chances that he doesn't give to some of these other receivers. You know, he needs to see them further open before he's going to throw the ball their way. But he was putting the ball in the air when Lazard was just, you know, single covered against defensive backs who were right on his hip pocket and he was giving him a shot to come down with the ball. And more often than not, Lazard was justifying that. He was coming down with the ball, making some plays. So, you know, Lazard might not be the fastest guy. He might not be the most physical, the best route runner. But I think he's the guy that Rodgers has the most confidence in and is therefore the most likely to win that number two job. Uh, Sam, always a pleasure to chat with you. I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to getting you back on, and we'll talk a lot more analytics and sports hopefully real soon, okay? 
Anytime, guys. Take it easy. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 